Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of our triune God, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, over the past few weeks, my family and I have spent a fair amount of time driving around the greater Racine area as we get to know this part of the state that we now call home. And as I've driven through the countryside and looked at the various different fields that have been planted, there's something about them that just doesn't seem quite right to me. You see, I grew up in the central part of the state in what is called the Central Sands region of Wisconsin. And it's called that because that is exactly what we have, sand. And I'm not talking about nice, soft, powdery beach sand. No, I'm talking about harsh, nasty, abrasive, dusty, dry sand that gets absolutely everywhere, no matter how often you clean or sweep. Our sand up there is so dry that there are times that we can get like an inch of rain, and by the very next morning, all of the puddles have dried up because the sand just sucks the water in. And because of that, it's not a great area to grow crops. And so in order to grow crops in the central part of Wisconsin, every farm field has one of those huge irrigation systems. And so when I drive around and I see a field that doesn't have an irrigation system, that strikes me as being a little bit odd. Because you see, without those irrigation systems up north, the crops would quickly wither and die. Now, as many of you who are either farmers or have farming background or garden know, that the type of soil a seed is planted in is incredibly important. Just think about how much effort and work gardeners and farmers put into preparing the soil to make sure that it has the right kind of conditions for the seed to grow. This is exactly the example that Jesus uses in our parable this morning to describe the Word of God. He describes God's word as a seed that is sown in the hearts of people that takes root and grows into a crop of righteousness. Now, as Christians, we rightly identify with the fourth kind of soil that Jesus describes, that dark, rich, fertile ground that produces a harvest of salvation. And yet, this parable also serves as a reminder and a warning to us that we face dangers in our lives of faith, that Satan, the world, and our own sinful flesh are constantly battling against us, seeking to destroy that faith that is rooted in our hearts and to turn us away from God. And it is only by remaining in God's word, in studying it and learning from it and growing in it, that we are able to cause our faith to go. And so this morning, brothers and sisters, I encourage you to water your faith with God's word. Now, the first type of soil that Jesus describes for us in the parable is that hard, beaten-down soil of the path where the seed is scattered and it just lays on the surface because it's not able to penetrate and its roots are not able to grow. And the birds of the air, they swoop in and they snatch that seed away before it has a chance to take root. This is the state of people who are unbelievers, who have rejected the word of God 
And as the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, this is how we once were as well. We were born in a state of death. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And Satan wants nothing else than to keep us in that wretched state, to snatch the gospel out of our hearts so that we go back to that status that we were born into by original sin, that we were hostile and enemies of God. And on our own, in that state of spiritual death, there is absolutely nothing we could do to save ourselves. We could not work that hardened soil of our hearts. We could not break it up. We could not sow the seed of the gospel in our own hearts. And we can do absolutely nothing to make it sprout and grow. It is all by the power and grace of our God that we have been brought to faith. God is the one who works that faith in our hearts. He is the one that causes that seed to grow. That hard heart is softened by the waters of holy baptism. And we are continually strengthened and encouraged in our faith as we read and study God's word. That amazing message of the gospel that God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to offer his holy, perfect life as a sacrifice to pay for our sins and for the sins of the entire word. It is this amazing word of God, this gospel message, that is able to take the dead and make them alive in Christ. This powerful word that Isaiah described for us in our reading this morning when he said, Just as the rain and snow come down from the sky and do not return there unless they first water the earth, make it give birth and cause it to sprout, so that it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In the same way, my word that goes out from my mouth will will not return to me empty. Rather, it will accomplish whatever I please, and it will succeed in the purpose for which I have sent it. Now, the second kind of soil that Christ describes in our parable this morning is a layer of soil that is thin, but is over a layer of hard rock. We are told that the seed that is sown there quickly sprouts and grows because that soil that's there has a little bit of moisture in it. It's a rich and fertile environment for that seed to grow. And as the sun warms that soil, the seed gets the energy and nourishment it needs. But because there's that layer of rock there, the seed has no root. And as the sun rises higher in the sky, the soil dries out and the plant begins to wither and die. Later on, as Jesus is explaining this parable to his disciples, he tells them that the sun is persecution. And we are promised that as Christians, we will face persecution in this life. In Matthew 10, 22, Jesus tells us, You will be hated by all people because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. Friends, there is not one of us that wants to be hated. We want to be liked and admired by other people. And because we have that desire, perhaps there have been times in our lives when we have hidden our faith because we have not wanted to face the scorn and ridicule of others We have not wanted to be made fun of for being a Christian, and so we hide that faith away. And in the face of that persecution, we may have allowed our faith to wither. 
or perhaps as we are faced with the trials and persecutions of this life, maybe we begin asking God why he is allowing these things to happen to us. Maybe we start doubting the promises of God and question his faithfulness and say to ourselves, if God truly loved us and cared for us, why would he allow such terrible things to happen in my life? We can be tempted to doubt our God. And in those moments when we have faced persecution and failed in our faith or we have questioned the promises of God, we can cling to the assurance and the knowledge that we have a Savior that never withered or wiltered in the face of persecution. Just think of some of the persecution that Christ faced in his ministry. Right before this parable account, Matthew tells us that Jesus faced all kinds of persecution. The Jewish leaders called him a servant of Beelzebub, of Satan. His own family turned their back on him and rejected his message. And most of the people who heard his teaching and preaching rejected his word. But more than that, Jesus at the end of his ministry would face persecution at the hands of the Jewish leaders. He would be tortured and unjustly sentenced to death so that he could willingly offer his life as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of all people, so that he could take his perfection and place it on us and take our sins upon himself, so that he could restore our relationship with God, so that we are no longer God's enemies, but are instead his own dearly beloved children. Now just as the sun is constant in the sky, it will be constant in our lives. And as the sun can cause plants to wither and die, the sun also can cause plants to grow. But only if those plants are well watered in good fertile soil. Dear friends, that is the encouragement that we have from God's word. To remain rooted and established in that holy word. To cling to the promises of God of our salvation in Christ Jesus. We water our faith regularly by coming to worship, by studying God's word on our own, by praying and meditating on his promises, by receiving the life-giving food and the assurance of sins in the Lord's Supper. Our faith is continually strengthened and it grows in the richness and amazing love that our God has given to us. As we are strengthened and encouraged in our faith, as we cling to the promises of God, we can look at the trials and persecutions of this world And know that the victory has been won for us. Christ has defeated the power of sin, death, and hell once and for all by his death and resurrection from the dead. We have the absolute assurance that our victory has been won. That we have the glorious eternity of heaven living in the presence of our God to look forward to that. And because of that, we can echo the word of, words of James when he speaks about facing persecution. James says, Consider it complete joy, my brothers, whenever you fall into various kinds of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patient endurance. The third type of soil that Jesus tells us about in this parable is a soil that is full of weeds and thorns and other plants that aren't good for the health of that tender shoot. 
Jesus tells us that those thorns and brambles are the lusts and desires of this life, of the cares and worries of concerns of this world, and of the desire to gain material blessing and wealth in this life. All of these things can damage our faith if we allow them to grow in our hearts, if we give them a higher priority than God's word. And if we are honest with ourselves, we must admit that there are many weeds that we have allowed to grow in our lives. Perhaps we have some pet sin that we daily fight again, but again and again we fall into that temptation. Or perhaps we let our hobbies and leisure activities take precedence in our lives instead of focusing on God's word. Or maybe we have allowed ourselves to get distracted by wealth and the pursuit of riches and allow that to dictate the priorities in our life instead of focusing on God's word. Dear friends, if it was up to us to weed our own garden, if we had to focus on our efforts to save ourselves, there is not one of us who could be saved. Praise be to God that we have a perfect Savior in Christ who lived a life of perfection and gave that to us as a gift to pay for all the times that we have failed, that we have allowed those weeds to grow in our lives to redeem us and to make us right with God. And out of joy and gratitude for the amazing love that our Savior has given to us, we do our best to continue to weed our gardens, not to earn our own salvation, but we know that living our lives according to God's will and his commands is what he wants. And as his own dearly beloved children, we strive to live lives that will make our Father happy. Because that is what we are. We are God's holy and redeemed children. We are that rich and fertile soil that our Savior described in this parable that has produced a bountiful harvest. One of the things I find interesting about this parable is you'll notice that Jesus does not say that all of the plants produce the same crop. Now, Jesus is not saying that one faith is different or better than another because we are told that even faith as small as a mustard seed saves. There are many places in Scripture that talk to us about having a variety of different gifts and how we are called at different times in our lives to act in different ways in God's service. The Apostle Paul talks about this in our reading from 1 Corinthians this morning when he says, What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? They are ministers through whom you believed, and each served as the Lord gave him his role. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. In the same way, at different times in our lives, some of us will be called to sow the seed of the gospel in the hearts of those who so desperately need to hear it. At other times, perhaps our role is to prepare the soil so that someone else can spread that gospel message. Or maybe we're like Apollos. Maybe our role in life right now is to water the seed that has been sown, to strengthen and encourage others in their faith. Or perhaps we're given the task of a weeder, to help others realize their sin, to bring them to repentance, and to return them to the Lord. Dear friends, these are the different tasks that we have in our lives. And we praise God that it is not because of our efforts that anyone comes to faith, but it is entirely 
through the will of God and the working of his powerful word. This is the amazing comfort that everyone who shares the gospel message has, that it is God's word that produces results, not our own efforts. Dear friends, last week at my ordination, I made a promise to you that I would preach God's word and its truth and purity. That is a promise that honestly would fill me with dread and with terror. And I'll confess that this morning I was rather nervous getting up in front of you for the first time, and I would be terrified if it was up to me to convince you, to strengthen you in your faith. But I take comfort knowing that it is not my words, but God's words which produce results. And I'll also share with you a confession this morning. You now not only have one pastor who is a bit of a science fiction nerd, you have two. (laughs) And one of my favorite science fiction shows was from the 1990s, was called Babylon 5. And I share this detail with you because the main character in that show, Captain John Sheridan, has this personality quirk that before he takes command of a new ship or station, he always has to give the exact same speech. And in that speech, he shares an anecdote about a time he had breakfast with the Dalai Lama. And they didn't talk to each other during the whole meal. And at the end, the Dalai Lama looked at him and said, Do you understand? And Sheridan looked at him and said, No, I don't understand. And the Dalai Lama said, Good answer. True wisdom comes when you begin to understand everything you don't understand. Dear friends, I admit, there is much I do not know and understand about ministry here at Water of Life. But I look forward to learning in humility, growing with you as we grow together, spreading the message of God's word. As we water our faith with the word of God, as we grow and strengthen one another, and as we go out to continually sow the seed of the gospel to a world that is dark and lost in sin. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.